I am thrilled with today's guests, uh, Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar, sisters, authors. Uh, they've got a new book. Actually, today is the release date, The World Record Book of Racist Stories, <laughs> The Ruffin Family Edition, which is a follow-up to their New York Times bestseller, uh, You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey, Crazy Stories About Racism. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. I'm thrilled to have you both here. Uh, I'm a, Amber, I'm a big fan. Uh, I love your, your Friday night show. Uh, I love the work you do on Seth Meyers. Uh, Lacey, I'm not as familiar with your work in the healthcare industry. It's not as high profile, but I'm thrilled that both of you guys are here. Yay. Thank, thank you for you. having us. So for like, I, it's interesting. I, I was so excited to talk to you guys and I get, it's going to sound dumb. I get nervous that we're going to we'll talk a lot about race. And I'm, the first thing I'm saying to myself is, I mean, I think I'm as progressive as it comes, but I'm going to say something. I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. And I'm going to like, like that. It, like it's gotten to be such a sensitive issue that we can't even fucking talk about it. And the more, like that, it's just, it, it's this crazy world that we live in. And your stories are hair raising. It, it, it just, it makes me just go, okay, I am a dumb white guy. I'm still clueless because I think we've come such a long way and in this new world and the Bill Maher speech about how progressives are kind of like, we got to take a little, little stock in how far we've come. But after reading the book, we have not come as far as an idiot like me thinks we've come. We are in 1872. <laughs> <laughs> Just come up a scope. But also, you, you can't possibly be worried about saying something crazy to us we heard it all. Yeah. You read it. <laughs> so I, try, I, try your worst. I know. It's it. just, it's just amazing. Do I guess I get what, and it's literally, there's not a day that goes by that there's not some racist something, some subtle thing. Uh, I mean, just, I'm hearing about the, the story. The one that just caught me from where is the pilot when you guys were, were little and taking pilot lessons. And I, I, I just take me through that story. Cause that one just about sums it up as best as it can be. That was our two older sisters. And they had signed up for pilot classes when they were, I don't know, something like eight, eight, eight 10, when they were children and there were no black people or girls in the class at all and the teacher what did he say basically said so you were talking about that it's a great profession for young boys and looked at your sisters and said well housekeeping is a great profession or something along the lines of that yeah yeah that's right he looked the only two brown faces in there didn't i and said or housekeeping yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of, face, of people of color, I was blown away, Amber, that, that you were the first in 2014 black writer, female writer on a late night talk show. This is not 1978. This is 2014, and there had not been one woman of color. I, I, that's staggering. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. But then if you sit down and think about it, don't it make sense? <laughs> <laughs> is like the uh, first black female writer for a late night network talk show. So it's kind of like a lot of qualifiers, yeah. but it's still shocking. Like after I got my job, all of the black um, late night writers, like not instantly, but a couple of years later, we all sat down and went to dinner and we fit around one table. 
Yeah. So, Still yeah. having to come that far. Where was that time-wise with SNL when you tried out for SNL and ended up not coming up? I mean, that's what led to the Seth Meyers job. So obviously the SNL was before that, that, that happened. Right, that's 2014. The right. SNL audition got me the got you. Yeah, Seth, Seth, called, Seth called you afterwards and said, I, I got to have you. Yeah. Uh, I love your story about Walk, following Leslie Jones into the room and that ba- <laughs> basically they're laughing. She's 50 yards out of the room and they're still falling apart laughter. You've got to walk in after that. Yeah. I had to audition after Leslie Jones and these people had laughed themselves to death. And as she's walking out, they're still laughing. And as I'm walking in, they're still laughing. I have to wait for them to stop laughing to start my thing. She killed. She killed. Now, you grew up, both grew up in Omaha, and you said it was a fairly integrated neighborhood, backyards and, you know. Uh, give me the first, remember, either one of you, the fir- your first encounter with, oh, wait a second, you know, growing up as a young black woman, this, this might, I might have some issues here. There's, do you remember that first incident of that feeling in your stomach where you said, this, this sucks, this is not right? Uh, mine was walking with my two sisters down the street to just go this, not, not that story, oh. but just walking down the street and somebody threw a can at us out of a car and said like, go home, go back to where you came from. And I remember going, well, let's get home. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, you know, and then not realizing that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about go out of this neighborhood, you know? So that was my first real encounter. And me, the exact same thing. It was probably the same guy. <laughs> it probably was. Threw a can, uh, a bottle, and said some words we can't repeat. Mm-hmm. And then drove away. It's probably the same dude. Maybe it's the same cop that showed up and threw you out of your own driveway. <laughs> That's right. These stories are like, it, they, if they weren't so tragic, they'd be funny. I, I mean, but there, there's nothing funny about it. And it's just, I uh, just please for my audience, share that story. Cause, and, and the books, both books are filled with these stories. It's just, it, it is something that, as I preface with my, with the whole discussion today, that we think we've come a long way and, and we're just, yeah, obviously we've, there's been progress made, but it's just, it, 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 it we're in another, still not another universe comes race. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That story is our sister Angie was sitting in our driveway in a car getting carried away talking to her little friend. And then they all, uh, they all, um, they were sitting there for a while. And then a cop pulls up, pulls into our driveway and tells Angie to go inside and tells her friend to go home. And what had happened was our neighbor had called the cops because she didn't like that car in the driveway with the people sitting in there. She didn't like that. So the cop made them leave because she didn't like this car sitting on a property that wasn't hers. <laughs> that belonged to the people in the car and made them leave. And they did. I, I see a change. And this is white guy talking. I see a change since George Floyd. As, as I, I, I see the world as what a vile, disgusting thing to watch that execution. But I do see the world has shifted since then in, in many, many, many ways. Obviously, we have so far to go. Um, do you, where, where do you see, where do you see that has, as, that has changed things, not changed things from that moment in time? I think the main shift that has happened is people are saying it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because it's so like shocking and why people are so like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. But 
it's been happening. It's been, been like that. The only thing I shouldn't say that, uh, uh, sure. Some things have changed, but the main thing that has changed is it's socially acceptable for me to go. Cops try to kill me all the time. You used to not be able to say that sentence. You used to not be able to say that to me. That's the only thing that's changed. I, I just think it woke, I hate the word woke. It, it did wake up to some people. It woke up people to yeah. holy fuck, holy fuck, to watch that cop with his hands, with his chest puffed out and his hands on his hips. I, I do think that is a moment in time that historically we'll look at and say we did move the ball forward a little bit. I mean, there's so much to go, but it, it, it did. I, just for me, just as a father, as a human being, I just... And I, I see in the workplace, in the world, there is a greater, and once again, it, it's, I, I'll call it a sensitivity or just awareness, or I don't know what the word is, but something is, something changed. I, in corporate America, something changed dramatically. I see it in, in just the, the entire, is that diversity, that this is, it's a different issue than the diversity issue, but there's just been so much more attention paid to things are just not fucking fair. And how do we start to make things, how do we move an inch? How do we move two inches? How do we move six inches to make things a little bit more fair? And I think that that's, I see it in corporate America. I really, really do. I did see, and I know what you're talking about. I did see the shift, you know, after, after George, there definitely was a shift. I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. And I just remember right after that happened, my daughter and I were walking down the street in this little area called Benson that we live in. And a man just came up and grabbed our hands and he was like, yeah, <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> well, is that is that racist in its own way? Is that it's, it's like what somebody well intentioned? <laughs> like what what is I that? Say, what is that? I don't know. And he did a whole bow, like, <laughs> and my daughter was like, "What is going on?" And I said, and when he walked away, I said, "That's because of George Floyd." And she said, "Oh, okay." It's not right. He just didn't know any other way to express it. Because listen, if you're going to talk about racism, it could have been a lot worse. Uh-huh. Not racist, just awkward, maybe a little bit of ignorance. Because you don't need to run up to every black person and do a, a solemn <laughs> or say Or say, I'm That's sorry. That's not going to do anything for me. But it's, uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. But that, you know, that guy had some good intentions. Yeah. And now, like people's good intentions are getting them in trouble and who cares? Cause I, yeah. I mean, honestly, who cares? Yeah. I don't, it, it, it's fine. It, it happens. Like, honestly, I mean, very, to be very frank, it is like you, what you were saying earlier is true. Like it's crazy to know exactly what's what, but like anything could be kind of racist. I mean, look, there, there, what, what, what I'm trying to say is people have a problem with everything. Like even that, um, it, it, you know, a lot of people say that to be colorblind is to, you know, ignore some very important things about me. You know, I am a woman. I am black. Blah, sure. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, I don't 100% subscribe to that. But that's, you know, but that's something people say. Like that guy who grabbed Lacey and Imani's hands and bowed like, okay, well, what you're doing is you're dragging us into your trauma. That shit's old for us, man. I'm trying to go out and get an ice cream. I don't want you to grab my hand so I have to think about how some guy was murdered because you feel guilty this second. Like there's always, you know what I mean? There's always going to be a a very easy way to fail. So I think what people should do is let that free you. 
Yeah. You're already going to fuck up. You're always going to fuck up. Yeah. I fuck up. I have um, friends from everywhere. I fuck up. Everyone fucks up. It's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to, because people can see your heart. Yeah. They can see your heart. Yeah. We have I love saying crazy stuff to me. It's, it's fine. You have to be the good person. What we haven't figured out is the public fuck-ups. I mean, we're, we're coming off of the Kyrie situation. Uh, I, I'm a Jewish guy. I obviously was offended. Uh, I believe nobody should be canceled. I just wanted a, a heartfelt apology. You know, there's a difference between when something's in your heart versus you make a mistake. That's where I think he got in trouble. And it was interesting. Chappelle was a lot of talk around his monologue. Uh, in terms of what went down there. But we have not figured out a way how to let somebody make a mistake and then move on from it where something positive comes from it. John Stewart had a very interesting uh, uh, interview on, uh, uh, was, was it Colbert? Yeah, where he talked about, we just got to take it to a conversation. But the media echo chamber does not allow just a conversation to happen after that. I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, so, I guess that's what I said. Yeah, like, sure. But it, it doesn't, the world doesn't work. So what would be a prescription? Let's rewind the clock. And we could find this for anybody that did a misstep. Okay, so Kyrie does this, puts out the thing and says, you know, this movie, which is very well known to be anti-Semitic, Holocaust denying. What's the? Let's rewind the clock to make that situation less inflammatory. Is it, uh-huh. what is it, is it just somebody just says, oops, I didn't know, or, but I do have issues with it and let's talk about it. What, what, how does that, we can't keep Kyrie from doing that. How do we keep it from becoming a powder keg situation where it ends up being really hurting Kyrie, where it ends up being more of an issue because people are now drawn to the movie and paying attention to the movie, which they weren't even paying attention. So what's the, what's the modus operandus to kind of make that situation not blow up in 84 different directions. There's like a million things happening in here. Yeah. One, you're asking us, we are not equipped to answer that question. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Also, you know, like you're looking to John Stewart and Colbert and that's great. I know. Dumb but, white guy stuff. Right. Yeah. I okay. Mean, there you go. Okay. Come on, man. Yeah. But that, you know, that's part of it is to, that's the, um, uh, that's the uh, uh, that's usually what happens, right? Yeah. When people are like, you know, center us, talk to us. This is what's happening, and these are the repercussions. You people go, uh huh, and then they go to the old stuff that feels safer. The healing is in the uncomfortability, <laughs> the uncomfortableness. Uncomfortableness. I got it. I got it. You can. I got it. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> But you know what I mean? And people just try to get more and more comfortable. And, and, and like this, with you talking about this situation that I know almost nothing about. Okay, I couldn't right. pick a basketball out of a lineup right. of balls. Right. But I mean, people always worry about uh, the repercussions, but the repercussions are the thing. Like, you, you, you know what I mean? You say bad stuff and you get... It's not an emergency that people are punished for their actions. That's not an emergency. It's nothing. You, you know what I mean? Right. You, get, you get in trouble when you do dirt. You get in trouble. That's nothing. That's not a thing. So, like, I think, not to sound callous, but people make it back. 
the child is back, right? Yeah. I I think I wouldn't know. He's still hitting baseballs. Look, guys, (laughs) I don't know. But people almost never like fully disappear. It's not like you go, uh, there's too many darkies in here. And then like a car pulls up, that opens up a door, you get snatched out and thrown in. That doesn't happen. (laughs) People, you know, I think it's everyone's working out exactly what the thing is. And hey, right now, if we're looking at hurtful things and calling them hurtful, that's an excellent first step. That's outstanding. Yes, yes. But I still, what I still don't get is that what I don't, what I don't get, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I keep kind of re going back and saying, okay, the wheels start to come off. What, what's the, yes, the, we have to start with a conversation. But I guess that, that what happens is when people get hurt, on either side, people just lock down. I know I lock down. Somebody says something that's offensive to my religion, I shut down. And as opposed to going, okay, let's have a conversation. And that we could do that math for anybody. And we've got to figure out a way that when that happens, we all don't go into our militant mode and we go into, okay, whoa, whoa time out, when did this happen? And I think, uh, I don't know how we get there. I got to say, Double D, do people call you Double D? Everyone who doesn't is wrong. Yes, but my friends call me Double. They call me Double. Oh, that's cute. Um, Okay. I think think being militant is outstanding. Um, First first of all, I also, I I mean, for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But I think that when you, I lost my train of thought because, Double D is such a good name. It is a good name. My friend, it, it is. It's double. They call me double. double. All my friends. Double is it's, also good. Yeah, double is good. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I, talking about militant. And then what? I'm old. Sister, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, old. I'm, no, I'm fucking old. I'm 65 today. That's fucking old, man. Oh, yeah. happy birthday. Lacey always lies and says she's 62. 62. Yes. So people <laughs> tell her she looks good. <laughs> That's part of you. So, so you age yourself up. You should always go up. Always go up. I like no, that. No okay. one's well, well, the comp- no, the compliments you get now are backhanded compliments. Like this morning, I was on Morning Joe. Willie Guy says to me, "Man, you, I should look like you do at sixty-five. It just means you're old." <laughs> so next time, tell me you're eighty-three. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. So you got you guys both talk. The world changed when Trump got elected. Yes, it did. What I saw from it, and I know you got you. you I saw, unfortunately, a lot of people I know it unearthed a kind of soft racism, I suppose. There's, there's the obvious racism, you know, people that use slurs and people that, that genuinely think there's an And then there's the soft kind of racism, and a lot of it, it surfaced with Barack also, where I think what a lot of people didn't like about Barack Obama, because I had friends, I don't like Barack, well, why don't you like Barack? And I don't think they liked him because he was black, and they, it just it wasn't, they weren't even necessarily in touch with it, but a black man was in charge. And I think there was part of them that just had an issue. These are these are these are not what I'm saying. The obvious, the, the the rednecks we see on TV, the people at Trump rallies. There was there's a softer kind of racism that just wants to keep things the way they are. So I'm I saw the exact opposite of what you saw. I live in Omaha, Nebraska. So when when Obama was elected, it was a minefield. People were losing their minds, and people yeah. that I never thought were like, "He, why is he elected? He's dumb. He's stupid." Yeah. And yeah. they just started spouting these crazy facts i i was working when uh at this certain place when um obama was elected 
And it literally was like the sharks and the jets. Everyone yeah. split up when I went into work and people stopped talking to people. Emails went out about the people that voted. These were these are the employees that you're working with that voted for Obama. And it was literally like everybody stopped talking to you that was a Republican. And it was bizarre and crazy. And it made everyone even more racist than they were. And then multiply that 5,000 times when Trump was elected. Yes. It was a billion yeah. times worse. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't. So I did not see anything soft. It was like the next day, people that I were had friends with, that I ate lunch with, stopped talking to me as if I was Obama. Cheerful. Cheerful. Which I did. Yeah. Um, it was the craziest shift. And I sat in my car and made a video. Both times I made a video and I said, I'm about ready to walk into my work and this is going to be crazy. I know there, I mean, people were crying. People were just upset. <clears throat> yeah. So I saw the exact opposite of that. And that's what I was going to say earlier. <laughs> when stuff, stuff like this happens, like when something, uh, someone does something offensive, you know, people shun them or whatever they do. And that keeps people safe. That keeps me safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if someone um, tells a bunch of, you know, N-word jokes, like I shouldn't have to be here while somebody's doing that. They should have to go home for a week and think about what they did. And I uh, I think that that's the, uh, people are standing up for people. Like I don't want to sit down with Joe from down the hallway and talk about why he told that joke and why he felt like he needed to, and discuss why I don't want to discuss shit. I want people to act right. It is late. I want people to get it right and act right. Or, you know, spend a week at home and think about it. Google it. Shit. I mean, pe people are tired. Like as surprising as all these stories are, that's as old as it is for us. Like, Lacey's coming home. Lacey's stories are worse than mom and dad's. That's now. It was bad when it was happening to mom and dad. So I, I think that's why people feel so intolerant of intolerance. Yeah. Because it's late. It's late. People are mad. I wanna I don't wanna discuss with people how to gently fuck gently. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late yeah. for that. Fuck gently. Yeah. Yeah. You should just know to be quiet. Yeah. I, and we're not talking about changing anyone's heart. No. We are so past that. I yeah. am not trying to make you not a racist. No. That's interesting. Just just, just, just sit down and shut the fuck up. Yeah. Because we're, we're not going to change you. I am so sorry. Your dad has a Confederate flag collection at home. No. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all you do when you go home. You talk about it. You love Gr it. Grandpappy was a clan was a Klansman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nazi No. You, I am not going to sit here Hold your hand and change your heart like that. I'm not going to do it. But guess what? When you walk into work, shut the fuck up. Yeah. How about Just that? be quiet. Yeah. And I know that's sad. We are not, you can't change anybody's heart in a conversation. HR is not going to change your heart, but you know how to act to work. And I, what's so funny is I can't come into work and say, I hate white people all day long. Absolutely. I will be fired in 15 minutes. Yeah. So you've got to act how I have to act. Yeah. Yeah. Or they will call security on me and escort me out of the building. Yeah. Lacey, do you have, Lacey, do you have kids? Do you have kids, Lacey? Yes. How how old are you? I have kid? a daughter. How old is she? Twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. Do you? Does, I mean, she's forty because I'm sixty two. Yeah, because you're sitting <laughs> there. Would do? You, would your guys' experiences line up? Would she be able to write the same kind of book that that you've written? Um, I mean, some definitely. I mean, she's twenty one, so she doesn't have all those experiences. But I mean, she has had racist things happen to her. Definitely, she knows what racism is, and she's seen it. She smelled it. 
She knows what it is. What, what is there a, as I said, my kids are, I have a 15 year old and I genuinely, as I said, I'm not inside her head. I'm not inside of her heart. I just, it's everything, whether it's, whether it's, whether it's people of color, whether it's sexuality, whether it's LGBTQ, it's just kind of so, and by the way, I'm living on the Upper East Side of New York. You know, I'm not in Oklahoma. I'm in a bubble. I understand that. But in this bubble, when I see younger kids, you know, kids 16 and under, I get a lot more hopeful. And as I said, I'm not, I live in a bubble. I'm not an idiot. I live in New York City. But I do see with young people a difference than I saw with people with my contemporaries. These children are about their business. They really do. They don't, they don't play the way we used to have to. They stand up for each other. They're not having it. They are hell bent on being inclusive and they see the rewards that come from inclusivity and they want that. They're not stupid. You know, they got a whiff of what a little bit of equality looks like. A little bit. And they want that. Just a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Just a teeny bit. Just a teeny bit. Feels great. How are you guys feeling since the last election? The midterms. Any effect on you guys? Stress level went down. It went down. My, my stress level went down. The, the thing that, the, the only good thing that, not the only good thing, but it, what I was starting to get afraid of is that we saw everything that's going on with Roe v. Wade. We, we saw we saw the hate. We saw January 6th. Was the majority of this country okay with that? I mean, as, as it turns out, the majority is not, not by a lot, but I didn't know. I was like, am I living in a fucking country where I am not, the way I look at the world, which is, I think, somewhat sane, is not normal anymore. Is the, Am I the abnormal one? And the good news is that, no, is if you define normal as the majority, at least the majority still, there's some sense of human decency that I was so terrified that was maybe not the case anymore. Didn't you think it was a bigger majority? Uh, I, I, I would have, I would have hoped, I, I was happy with the majority. I was going to, I was, I was setting my bar low because at least it was a majority, but uh, no, it's still not. It's, we're still, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for the future because I don't know how to be any other way. I really, really don't. Guys, do we have another book coming out? Is this, is this going to be an ongoing series as life goes on and we just keep chronicling the I ridiculousness mean, of it? Next book, you're going to tell us some of your racist stories. Okay. And we're going to put them in there because I know people have said crazy stuff to you, Donnie. Yeah. I, um, the most recent thing that I have, and I, I it's really affected my friendship. Um, they, oh. they, they, somebody did, they used a, a Yiddish slur. Uh, and I just, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, it's just so like, it's just, it's, it's, it's around. It's still around. It's, I see it. I don't, I, I see a difference between, between the suburbs and the city. My suburban friends, it's really interesting. And these are educated Jewish. I see as infinitely less involved. And this is 30 and 40 miles outside of the city than people who live in a metropolitan area. I really, really do. Uh, and I remember grow up, part of it is also just the way you grew up. I went to a high school. My high school was 4,000 kids. It was in Queens, New York, you know, fully integrated, you know, uh, right down the middle. Um, and I remember getting to college for my first time. And I remember meeting kids that had either gone to all Catholic high schools or all Jewish high schools or all, you know, they just all white, lily white. And I remember saying to myself, I couldn't wait to play cards with them and take their money. And where they just didn't have the basic smarts about the way the world was you and you almost couldn't fault them they didn't know any better they didn't know any fucking better and i had the privilege of growing up and at a very young age 
seeing what the world was like, uh, as opposed to just a curated world in front of me. Yeah. People work really hard to control what their children ingest. And I think that's so insane. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really is. It really, really is. Hey guys, what a pleasure. I hope I didn't say anything really stupid. I say things that are somewhat stupid, but not completely stupid. I love absolutely not. Also really hard to do on your birthday. No, it's not hard to do on my birthday. I just I'm trying to do anything to keep my attention. Can't I can't do it. I can't do anything wrong. The new the book is and it's just out, the world record book of racist stories, the Ruffin Family Edition. Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. What a pleasure meeting you guys. I, I mean that. I, I really enjoyed today's talk. And you Oh, there we go. Show the book. Show the you go be promoting. Always be promoting. A B P. Always be promoting. Thank you guys. Thank you for having us.